Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about how the signs of recession are everywhere. These metrics have not been seen in a long time. We're generally conditioned to think of a recession as a negative thing, but frankly, it's a necessary part of the cycle, and as real estate investors, we should actually embrace the recession. Imports to the U.S. are down 7.6% in November from the month of October. That's a huge decline on the basis of a single month. And we've been hearing for months now that retailers ordered too much inventory during the pandemic. The rise in interest rates means the carrying cost of that inventory is much higher than forecast at the start of the year. Now, there is a silver lining in a recession. The market for bonds will have correctly predicted the so-called Fed pivot. We're conditioned to think of interest rates as the main tool of the Federal Reserve, but since the Fed doesn't really transact directly with the public, they don't really set the rate. The rate is set by the market. All the Fed does is communicate what they want to see. They communicate a policy. Whether the member banks and the bond market comply is actually questionable. Raising and lowering interest rates is a blunt instrument, and it's a weak one at that. When you think about this through the lens of a lender, the lender is going to place their funds to work no matter what. But the return is not the most important thing. It's the risk-adjusted return that's the most important thing to a lender. Now, even if you put aside the question of bank leverage, and let's look at it from the perspective of a private lender who's lending investor dollars. If the market for a senior construction loan would price at, say, 7%, assuming a low loan-to-value ratio below 55%, why would the lender write that loan? If the lender can put their funds to work in short-term U.S. Treasuries and get a 5% rate of return, then why would they put the funds out on a new construction project to earn a few extra points when you consider the additional risk associated with a new construction project? The lender, just like any investor, is always making a risk assessment and choosing the best risk-adjusted return. And right now, the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates, and the interest rate on short-term bonds are starting to look attractive to lenders. They're almost starting to look more attractive than putting their funds out to work in the traditional means. But it's not just about interest rate. It's also about liquidity. It's whether the lender's going to actually lend or put their money somewhere else. I mean, think back to the pandemic. In the early days of the pandemic, interest rates were low. But then lending dried up. The lenders had the option of putting their reserves in excess of the statutory minimums on deposit with the Fed. So the Fed printed money and then reduced the statutory reserve requirement to zero. At the height of the pandemic, lenders took zero risk and they put their funds on deposit at the Fed so that their earnings would be protected. Borrowers were left twisting in the breeze. The government went a step further and guaranteed the loans made to the banks or they funded the loans and paid an origination fee to the banks to complete the underwriting, the origination, and the servicing of those loans. I'm thinking of programs like the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program. In the second quarter of 2020, really the very first quarter of the pandemic, lending dried up dramatically. The market conditions represented so much uncertainty that the market analysts had a hard time predicting what would happen. Most assumed the most pessimistic outlook assumed that the freeze in the market would cause property values to plummet. Little did we know that the exact opposite would happen. Now fast forward to our present time. Earlier in the month of December, the yield curve inversion was more than 80 basis points when you compare the yield on the two-year treasury with the 10-year treasury. And since the middle of December, that gap has closed with the rise of the 10-year treasury yield by nearly 50 basis points. So because of that, interest rates for long-term debt have gone up as a result. 
most loans index their rate to the yield on the 10-year Treasury. The market largely ignored the interest rate increased by the Fed earlier in the month. But frankly, a lot of folks are having a hard time making sense out of this economy. We're seeing wage growth, and some economists are seeing that as a reason why the economy is doing well. But if that were true, then, say, the wage growth of 50% in Turkey would be a marvelous thing. The thing is, that's against a backdrop of more than 80% consumer price inflation. Many manufacturers I'm speaking with are raising prices by 30%, effective January 1st of this year, in response to the mandatory increase in the minimum wage by 55%. You're saying, yeah, but that's in Turkey. That's not in the United States or in Canada. Our inflation isn't running at 80%. In the United States, we've seen wage growth of about 5.5% and an inflation rate of about 8% for much of 2022. Wages in leisure and hospitality have grown by 7.5%. The only growth sector, truly, is in travel and leisure. People are back traveling again. Consumer spending makes up 70% of GDP, and this is where we are seeing a clear decline in activity. The traditional, hot, fourth quarter is looking weak. Retail sales in the U.S. declined 0.6% month-over-month in November, much worse than the market forecast of a 0.1% fall. It's the biggest drop so far in 2022, with sales of furniture down 2.6%, building materials down 2.5%, motor vehicles down 2.3%, all of this falling in the midst of the holiday season. We also saw decreases of 1.5% in electronics. Sporting goods, hobbies, musical instrument and books, all down 0.6%. We saw increases in sales at food and beverage places of 0.9%. And the thing that's important here is that this data for November includes Black Friday and Cyber Monday, some of the peak shopping days of the holiday season, and they all point to a slowdown in consumer spending amid high inflation and high interest rates. Hopefully the Fed is paying attention, and we'll see a more balanced interest rate and lending liquidity environment in the not-too-distant future. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.